Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Before the Downbeat, a musical podcast. Yes, it is I, Mackenzie Horner, your fearless ginger, and Autumn (laughs) Smith, your Canadian B. Arthur director extraordinaire here to talk to you about gardens and gardening today. Horticulture. Horticulture galore today. We're going full flora, fauna, and Meriwether. Absolutely. We're going all in on this musical A little bit of weathering. Yes. You know, from heights. Yeah. Yeah. So, Autumn, what musical are we actually doing today? We are doing The Divine Secret Garden. Yeah, this musical I know nothing much about. Uh, so, Autumn, why don't you tell us why you chose this musical? Oh Just as you knew nothing much um, about Parade, I, I knew I knew practically nothing about Secret Garden. So. Yeah. Well, look at listen. This is I. It is my favorite musical. I think if it comes down to it, I might switch, but. <laughs> today actually for a really long time this is um it's just a stunning piece of work Mm -hmm. as um an anglophile Mm -hmm. a uh, self-professed anglophile in fact i'm going to see downton abbey this weekend so am i i'm going Uh, to see it tonight yes i've just been watching the whole six uh seasons the first time is this your first time through? No, I've watched it once before, but okay. now so I binged it again for you when I saw the movie. Okay, broke yes. my heart again. And when they sing uh, "Old Lang on at the end of the series uh, on that last New Year's, I was like, "God damn it!" Here so come good. the waterworks. I cry every time, like that whole the whole thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, down Abbey will be a Patreon conversation. Oh, totally, <laughs> absolutely. Oh man, Secret Garden. Um, is a musical based in uh, the book. Moors. Yeah, but it's 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 based its place is in the yes. Moors of Yorkshire, yes. right? Where Wuthering happens, and Yorkshire is one of the most um, desolate. Well, it's England. Places. <laughs> it's well, rainy and cold. It is, but it's there's something. Well, it's mystical, staggeringly beautiful about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, in its bleakness. Yes. Right. You should watch the the trailer for the new version of of the new film version they're doing with Julie Walters playing the the uh, maid, uh, the nanny, the Miss What's Her Face, um, Medlock. Yes, Miss Medlock, and Uh, Colin Firth plays um, Archibald. Archibald. Oh, but mind you, they make the garden like magical. It's 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 done by Chris Columbus, same guy who did Harry Potter. Oh no, you can't. So no, I I don't know. I watched it and I was like, could we not just stick with the book? idea of what the garden is not making actually like an actual like 
a live Harry Potter garden? No, it needs to be a true English garden. Yes. The musical mm-hmm. is very much like the book. Yes. Uh, by Frances Eliza Hodgson mm-hmm. Burnett. Yeah. Um, it's set in the early years of the 20th century. So it's about a young girl called Mary Lennox. Uh, who uh, is, child? Uh, no, she's not. She's <laughs> she is a she's a, a, girl. a teenager. She's a young girl, uh, but she was born and raised in colonized India, so the British Raj, yes. as they call it. Um, she is orphaned by the cholera outbreak. Yes, and when uh, when she's ten, and she gets shipped from India to Yorkshire. So the more talk about a big jump of location. Uh, just everything. Like you've lost your parents, you are going to people you don't know. Yeah. So she gets. Some, How does she end up with them? Is, are they are they family somehow? They are. I can't they, remember. They are. So um, they're cousins. Mary is so. Uh, how how did it? Isn't go? it like so, the wife of Archibald is the sister of them? Exactly. Uh, yes. of, of her mother, so exactly. Okay, yeah, now it's not coming back to me. Archibald Lily, yes. Lily has also passed. Yes, so um, it's not just Archibald and his so son. and his son. Yes, and um, in the musical, there also is the added brother. <laughs> no, there's no added brother. Isn't it? No, Archibald has a brother in the musical, doesn't oh, he? Archibald has a brother. Yes, in the musical, meant, in the book, he's meant. not there. We'll get into that in the production um, notes. Colin. Yes. No. Um. But a great character. He is. Oh, my God. Anyway, okay. so uh, she moves from India to Yorkshire to live with her uh, uncle, Archibald, who is um, who suffers from um, scoliosis or some kind of spinal yeah. deficiency. Uh, deficiency. Um, and uh, in that space, he doesn't have much time for her. He's still in mourning for mm-hmm. his wife who has passed oh sorry his, his son has has scoliosis right uh we don't know he's he's or, confined they yeah. confined him yes but that's it, it's i think it's mostly to protect him they he's a rapunzel ah uh, right colin is a rapunzel right so when mary comes she kind of breaks she it all finds up. him yep. and with the help of um a young gardener yes Dickon, yes Dickon the gardener her, this is her British name. Her, his his sister, uh, Martha. Uh, they help um, <laughs> Mary Lennox craft uh, a new life for herself. With the secret and garden, give her seeds. Yes, uh, so she can find a garden, and she goes into Lily's garden. Lily right, who has passed. She finds the and key and she goes finds in. The key and goes in and says, "This is a forgotten place. I want to revive take care of it." And just as she's reviving the garden, she also brings Colin into the mix, her cousin mm-hmm. who is sick. Yeah. Um, to, I can't even talk about it. It makes me, it makes me so emotional. This musical, because yeah. um, I just hear it in my head. Uh, so it, he he gets rejuvenated through the garden. Yeah. Well. Horticulture, the wonders of horticulture. Do your gardens, right people. Don't just grow yeah. weed. Grow flowers too. Uh-huh, absolutely. <laughs> and dandelions are very good for you. They're, like, so amazing for your health. Well, there's dandelion tea, dandelion it's so root. good for you. It's better than kale. It's better than all those greens. Very, very so better. So good for you. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so that's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Autumn, why don't you give us a um, 
production notes, uh, or sorry, not production notes, like production team. People? Yes, who is on this um, team here? Well, let's start with the author of the book. Okay. Frances Burnett. Mm-hmm. So she was a British-born American novelist and playwright. I This is a bit lengthy. I'm going to try to edit Trim it as it. I go along. <laughs> um, she wrote, she's best known for uh, three children's novels, Little Lord uh, Fauntleroy, uh, A Little Princess, and of course, The Secret Garden, which yep. she published in 1911. Okay. Uh, she was born in, in Manchester, England. Okay. Um, but after her father died, uh, the family uh, fell into strained uh, circumstances and went to the United States, oh. settling in Tennessee. Ah. Uh, Frances began right. She she started to write to help the family, mm-hmm. uh, help the family out, and she published stories and magazines from the age of nineteen. Okay. Um, in eighteen seventy, so five years after they emigrated, her mother died. Mm-hmm. And in 72, she married Swan Burnett, uh, a do- who became a doctor. Okay. They lived for two years in Paris, oh. uh, where their two sons were born, before returning to the States, where they resided in D.C. Okay. Um, she wrote some novels at that point, The Last of Lowry's and Little Lord Fauntleroy. And that made, Little Lord Fauntleroy made her popular in children's fiction. I feel like um, I've heard of Lord Fauntleroy before. Yeah. Something and, that's inching in my brain about that. Yeah, I haven't heard of it, but that's okay. She also helped produce stage versions of Little Lord Fauntleroy <laughs> and A Little Princess. Okay. Um, in 1880, she began to travel to England frequently, and in 1890, she bought a home there where she wrote The Secret Garden. Okay. Of course. Um, interesting. This is something I, I found out. Her, her oldest son died of tuberculosis. Ooh, that's not a nice way to die. So in 1890, mm-hmm. before she wrote Secret Garden. Okay. So I have a feeling, this is, for me, this is a work that encapsulates her grief. No, I can see that. This is totally a story It's a way of working grief through the grief. And working through her grief. Mm-hmm. This is her, yeah, this this is it. This is how she does it. Um. Yeah. Uh, so she published this in 1911 and, uh, she married, uh, someone new in 1900, but then shortly divorced him in 1902. Oh, then divorce. That's a big one. Quick, quick. Mm -hmm. Um, she divorced both her husbands. Wow. And then she moved back to New York where she died in 1924. Okay. Um, there is a sculpture. Uh, dedicated to her in Central Park Conservatory Garden. I didn't know this. Oh. And the statue depicts her famous secret garden characters, Mary and the gardener of Dickens. Very good. It's really good. Uh, you so, ought to make a pilgrimage. Yes, I feel like I need to go to New York Come now and see this. Oh, my statue. <laughs> Come to my Central Park. Um, so you know the great thing about this musical and the reason why i keep coming back to it mm-hmm. is because it is all women writing it it is all women all right so, I, think I think that's our first musical that has an all-female yes. team because up to then we because west side no. story didn't have that no chess most certainly didn't have no. that no, most, oklahoma no most musicals either have 
a director. This is all the women, the ladies. I adore it. So um, the libretto was written by one Marcia Norman. Now, Marcia Norman is an American playwright, mm -hmm. screenwriter, and novelist. Okay. Uh, you might know her from her uh, Pulitzer Prize winning piece, Night Mother. I don't, but okay. It, it's, it's devastating. Mm -hmm. It is. And it ends. It doesn't end well. She won the Tony for Best uh, Secret Book? Garden. Uh, mm -hmm. And she also won the Drama Desk for Secret Garden. Fantastic. Um, she wrote the libretto for The Color Purple. And, of course, we come back full circle to one of your favorite musicals, Jason Robert Brown. Yes. She did the book for the musical The Bridges of Madison. Ah, County. very good. And I just want to give her a really special shout out because, you know, God bless these working people who go back and share their gifts and uh, teach in universities and high schools. Yep. She is the co-chair of the playwriting department of Juilliard. Wow. Yeah. Like just amazing. That's fantastic. She's like just I have full, full, full respect. Um, she's also, uh, she also worked on a, a new work of the trumpet of the swan with Jason Robert Brown. Hmm. Um, yeah. Just, Great. Okay, so she's the book writer. She is the librettist. Librettist, okay. Yes. And the book writer. And the book writer. So yeah. she's pulled double duty. Who's next? Now we get our wonderful composer, Lucy Simon. And, I don't know much about her. Uh, no, no. Fun. I'll give you some fun facts about her. Done. Because as I was digging, I was like, no way. All right, fun facts. Go. So um, Lucy Simons, uh, she's a, an American composer for the theater and popular songs. We'll get there in a moment. Okay. She's recorded and performed as a singer and songwriter and is known for musicals as Secret Garden and Dr. Shavago. Forgot that was made into a musical. I didn't know. My mother would be thrilled. It's her favorite movie of all time. Don't think it did well. No, I'm gonna say it didn't. I think I think it closed very quickly on Broadway. Doctor Shabako. Probably, probably. But she's she's great, and she was born the same year as my mom. My mom oh, there you go. I'm gonna be very thrilled. Um, so uh, Lucy Simon was born in New York, and she's the daughter of the co-founder of the book publisher Simon and Schuster. Oh wow. Oh, right. Okay, that is a cool fun fact. Um, she is also the older sister of one Carly Simon. Why oh, does that name sound so familiar? I'm. You're so vain. You even think songs about you. you don't know. Come on. I'm not a pop person. Oh, you know on. me. I, my my phone is full of have you folk ever music. Seen, have you ever seen Working Girl, the movie? No. Let the river run. No. Uh, my. Uh, okay. We're, we're going to work on you. Anyway, she used to do a lot of, uh, like, backup singing and co-singing with Carly. Okay. Her older singer, Joanna, is a opera singer. Okay, so you've got a lot of singers it's in this family. Like, it's running in the family, right? Yeah. Um, she began her professional career at the age of 16 singing folk tunes with her sister, Carly. Okay. And they were called the Simon Sisters. Nice. Nice. It's got a folky sound to it. Uh-huh. And then, you know, uh, she had her own self-debut title um, 
called uh, her her own album called Stolen Time. Nice. I love it. Uh, and she, of course, wrote The Secret Garden, but she also wrote songs for the off-Broadway show A My Name is Alice. Okay. Which is f- fantastic. And then uh, she did Shivago. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Shivago. Um, she, she won uh, a Grammy Award. For Dr. Shivago? No. For, in 1981 with her husband, David Levine, uh, for the best recording for children. Well, there you go. And it's it was in harmony, a Sesame Street record. Oh, cool! Like, what is not to love about these people? Um, uh, she was in. Oh no, that's someone different. Never mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she wrote the music. Yes. So who was the director? Susan Shulman. Okay, I do know a little bit more about her. Okay. So Susan Shulman, phenomenal director. Wanted to be, started off as an actress. Very intent. It sounds familiar. Uh, She studied uh, drama at Hofstra University in Hampstead, Long Island, New York. Okay. And then she went into a playwriting fellowship, uh, graduating with a master's degree from Yale. Very good. Um, And then uh, she was performing at the Buffalo Studio Arena Theater and was presented with her first opportunity to mount production of an adaptation of Wind in the Willows. Ah, very good. But she abruptly left the project. Oh, do we know I why? No. There's a scandal there. It's a scandal. a scandal. It's an outrage. <laughs> Total outrage. Do, 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 she do, then do. served as the resident director for Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera. Okay. Uh, and then did Off Off Broadway Equity Library Theater, um, including directing A Little Night Music in 85. Yeah, we've got to talk about that musical at some point. Yeah, yeah. It's not my favorite song. No, definitely want to make the top five for me. Um, she directed York Theatre Company. How funny is that? I feel yeah. Like, like we're in, yeah, some weird thing going on here. Um, <laughs> she did a production of uh, Sondheim Sweeney Todd in 1989. Fantastic. Which Sondheim happened to see. And did he like it? Did we know? Her work, oh, okay, so we liked it. He recommended her for the Broadway revival. Wait, so, was this the one they did where all they where they all play instruments, like with Patti Lapone, or is this like an earlier no, one? No, this is nineteen eighty nine. Okay, so she directed that, earned a Tony Award nomination, mm-hmm. and then she directed The Secret Garden, uh, which garnered her a Drama Desk Award for uh, for Best Director. Fantastic. Uh, ninety four, she came back uh, to York Theater Company and did Merrily We Roll Long. Fantastic. Which won an Obie. Yep. Um, She's just done a ton of stuff. She did the Broadway revival of The Sound of Music. Yeah. Uh, when she was contacted by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Was that the one with Lara, Lara Benanti then? Was that the Sound of Music revival? Uh, maybe. That was done early 2000s? Uh, and he, she also did Sunset Boulevard. Sunset uh, Boulevard. Yeah, I'm get into it. No, not uh, for you. Sunset Boulevard, but it was the U.S. tour starring Petula Clark. Ah. We will talk about because we are going to do Blood Brothers. Okay. Okay. Um, she did oh, another one. Of, like this. Does Which not one did she do me. now? She did Little Women. Of course. Starring Sutton Foster. I yes. love, we're going to have to talk about that. It's such a beautiful musical. All right. I don't, I know nothing about Little Women, so oh, we will have to so teach Mackenzie about Little Women. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, again, 
with Norman, my favorite thing about uh, Ms. Shulman is she is a professor at Penn State University. She's giving back. And she heads the graduate directing program. That's fantastic. I love it. I, yes. Oh, and let's bring it a little bit closer to home. Mm-hmm. Um, she, one second here, in the summer of 2008, under the auspices of um, the, let me just see, the Stratford Festival okay. of Canada. What did she do? She, yeah, I remember she did this. She did Fiddler on the Roof. 2008. Mm-hmm. At Stratford? Uh-huh. No, to, no, Fiddler on the Roof in La Mancha and The King and I, 2003. She did Music Man in 2008. Okay, I saw that production. She did Hello, Dolly. And she did To Kill a, a Mockingbird. Oh, that was I didn't see that original production. They did. I heard it was fantastic, she though. also did a two-week workshop of Clara's Piano, oh. which was a blend of classical music and dance by uh, Neil Bertram and Brian Hill. Okay. Who do a lot of stuff. They did Theory of Relativity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great piece. Yeah. Uh, we're going to hear a, a lot more uh, from them, I'm, I'm sure, because they do a lot of work. With Sheridan College. Okay. Uh, through the Canadian Musical Theatre Project. A lot of their work starts there. Got you. So great things happen but, yeah. at Sheridan College, let me tell you. It's true. So we've talked about lovely director, yes. lyricist, mu- um, music, book writer. All the things. Yes. Is that it for, for the team of Extraordinary Women? Yes. Okay. So we'll move into production notes then? Yes. All right. So this is actually interesting. The this is the first show of our of our season here. I've actually had a hard time finding behind the scenes <laughs> notes on this musical. Like, there's no real production notes that I can find about the making of this show. So what I could find is that there were some divergences from the original book when they were writing the musical. So, yeah. for example, in uh, Burnett's novel, it primarily focuses on Mary in her interactions with Colin, Martha, and Dickon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the musical adds more emphasis on the adult characters by presenting and to some extent inventing the shared history and, and, um, and uh, intertwining the two families. Originally, Burnett stated that the name of Archibald's wife was Lillis, um, but and, and, and that she was the sister of Mary Lennox's father. In the musical, Colin and Mary's mothers are sisters, and Lily and Rose, respectively, once again, named after flowers. In the book, Colin's private physician is otherwise an unnamed poor cousin of Archibald. But Burnett states that Dr. Craven is not an unscrupulous man, though he was a weak one, and he did not intend to let Colin run into actual danger. Uh, So the musical took this little dialogue and was able to tighten it into the doctor's conflict of interest it makes him the primary antagonist as Archibald's brother, Dr. Neville Craven. Uh, what's it? Craven, great name, double meaning there, meaning fearful and scaredy cat. So, yes. Absolutely. And we also find out Craven was also, Dr. Craven was also hopelessly in love with Lily, mm-hmm. and who Mary expressly accuses of wanting Colt to die for the sake of her, of his inheritance. Uh, that's basically it from kind of production note wise. So it must have been a very smooth production rehearsal period if there's no real <laughs> notes from it. <laughs> there's no real drama. No. Uh, so The Secret Garden premiered on Broadway in the St. James Theater on April 25th. A lot of these shows come out in freaking April. 
and finding. April 25th, 1991. Mm-hmm. And closed on January in, uh, in January of 1993. After running 709 performances. Yeah. As we said, the musical was directed by Susan H. Uh, Shulman. Mm-hmm. With, chore- with choreography by Michael uh, Leifelt. And then the cast included Daisy Egan as Mary Lennox. Mandy Patinkin, who I'm seeing in November. Oh. In concert with my dad. Whatever. I know. So good. So Mandy Patinkin starred as Archibald. You had Rebecca Luker as Lily and Robert Westenberg, who is known as the wolf in Into the Woods and Cinderella's Prince as Dr. Craven and John Cameron Mitchell as Dickon. Mm -hmm. Uh, It won the 1991 Tony Awards for Best Book of a Musical, Best Featured Actress for Daisy Egan and Best scenic design and Egan at age 11 is the youngest female right. recipient of a Tony award. That's right. Uh, the, the, when the production headed to the West end, it was heavily revised with altered and omitted scenes and songs. Don't do that. So once again, it's the, which is weird. Cause you get certain musicals like Les Mis where they literally freeze the production as it is in the West end and just plop it on Broadway. Or you get these other shows like chess and secret garden where it closes on Broadway or closes in the West, and then when they bring it across the pond, either which way they're going, and they totally edit it and fix it, or at least they think they fix it, and they get the chance to redo no, some stuff. This, this, it didn't need fixing. Exactly. I don't... Just like chess, didn't need fixing from the original uh, West End I'm production. All, I'm all about like taking work and, and editing and looking at it through a new lens, but don't mess with a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you can overthink things. Yeah, it, it really was. And Alison Fraser mm-hmm. played uh, Martha. Yes. And she was great. She, she had just finished doing a run of romance, romance. Oh, Okay. Well, there you go, people. It's great. Or maybe it was after. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But she's great. I love Alison Fraser. She's awesome. As Martha. As Martha. All right. So now we're on to what are our first experiences? Autumn, how did you come to this musical about horticulture? <laughs> uh, let me just go in back into my notes. My first... Uh, my first glimpse of this musical was on uh, was I like I am an avid watcher of the Tony Awards, of course, um, as any theater person should be. Yeah, um, except now I just find them a, a little. Mm, I don't mind them. I like them. I, I well, we, we can get into the award shows later. Well, that'll be a Patreon. maybe. Maybe we'll do a, a, a live watch of the Tony Awards with commentary by us. Yeah, Sarah, will you bring the popcorn? Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. It'll be various flavors. Various. Oh, various. Ooh, flavors. I, love I love that caramel and cheddar ones. Yeah. They do. Oh, okay. those are the best ones. That Chicago mix. You should eat that when you guys Chicago. Oh, oh well done, Sarah's yeah. cameo, everybody. That's it. That's, That's it. it. That's See it for the day. Right there. Yep. Thank you. All that jazz. And scene. Um, <laughs> okay, so back to so, how do you came to so this show? How I came to this musical was uh, watching the Tony Awards. Okay. And With Mandy Patinkin and yeah, Robert, Robert belting and, it out. And uh, her singing, Rebecca Luker singing Come to My Garden. Come to my garden. I just, I yeah, I, I fell. I've only seen this a couple of times. Have you seen it in concert? 
No. I saw a touring production that came to the Royal Alex. Okay. Um, which was great. And then they did it at Stage Door. Okay. In New York. And, uh, like, just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a musical that I have always wanted to direct. Okay. If, if you said to me, choose a musical direct, l- what's your first one? If Secret Garden would be number one? Be the first one. So we could say this could be your favorite musical. Yeah. Does it get that distinction? Yes. Okay. It it is it is my favorite musical. All right. Yeah. So is that um, yeah? Yeah. So uh, um, Tony Awards saw a few productions. Want to yeah. direct favorite show? I get it. Yeah. It's it's uh, I I it's stunning. Yeah. It's simply mm-hmm. it's simply divine. Yeah. And Reed would love it too because it's about. A garden. Mm-hmm. So, have you introduced this musical to your kiddos? No, not yet. They're more of a like the kids right at this point are more gonna kill me. Greatest Showman. I know. I, Mac I, is I, hanging I, his head. I, I'm. I am too. But they love hairspray. I'm totally in support of that. I know you're not. I don't mind hairspray. I think um, it's a little overrated. What other musicals do they? They love. One another one that we're going to talk about. Oh, uh, which is Annie. Yes, yeah. All your favorites. You I don't. I don't mind favorite. Annie. Annie's one of those ones I don't mind. Actually, this year as a gift, mm-hmm. um, uh, Santa mm-hmm. brought uh, a series of musical DVDs to Hannah. Well done, Santa Claus. Who knew Santa was so smart? You should take them to see Anastasia the musical in December. Maybe. Terrence McNally. Oh, I do like Terrence McNally. He wrote the book. Okay. It's, it's good. Y- y- I like some of the music. It's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go see it. I'm okay. excited for that. Maybe. Okay. All right. So for me, I'm, this is going to be really quick. So basically okay. coming into this, <laughs> I knew nothing of this show yes. except for the song Race You to the Top of the Morning. Oh, that's uh, which it, which was sung at a whole bunch of cabarets I used to go to. It was like one of the ones of the middle-aged men would get up and sing if they were tenors. Yep. Uh, and then my sister, Quincy, she did a song from this show. Hold on. Let me pull up the song list. Here. The Girl I Meant to Be. I need a place where I can go, where I can whisper. Probably. I think so. This I need girl. a place where I can grow. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that the one? I, I mean, or the girl I need to be. Yeah. yeah. She did that one for Kiwanis Music Festival. So um, I got to hear her sing that one quite a few times. Did she do the accent? No. This, this is my sister who's off to be a lawyer. She, she did singing lessons growing up as a child. Well, hey. As, as it was something my sister Madison and I used to do. So she kind of tagged along and she did it. She could be in the lawyer show at Nightwood Theater. They do an annual lawyer show. Oh, goodness. Quincy, is, you're going to have fun with this. And Sadie Epstein Pine uh, is directing it this year. Is she? Very yeah, good. Another fellow go. Yorkie. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yes. She could be in the lawyer show. Sadie? Yeah. 
Quincy's coming to you. Yeah, it would be a few years. She's currently in Ottawa, Carleton right now, doing her studies. So she's got she's got another decade to go before she's out of school. Amazing. Watch my parents' chagrin. Okay. All right. So yeah, basically knew nothing of this musical. Uh, so to prepare for this episode, I've watched some bootlegs of the stage production. I've watched a few concert versions with Ramin. Yeah. Karamloo that they yeah. just did in, at the um, oh, Avery Fisher Hall. And where Ben they, Platt. Yes. Yes. As Dickon, I think he was. No. Yes, he yeah, was Dickon. Yeah, he was Dickon. Ramin was Archibald. Yeah. And I forget he's who. Gorgeous voice. Ramin, oh, well, he's Canadian. Yeah, I know. Absolutely fantastic guy. Um, but yeah, so that's basically it for me. Knew nothing, came Amazing. in as a fresh slate. Well, good. And some of the music has actually stuck with me. I guess now we're up to our favorite songs. Autumn, what is your number one oh, favorite no. song? I don't have a Come on, Autumn. You got to at least have a top three oh, that you. Uh, um, uh, if somebody said you only got to choose three songs from this show to take with you, and the rest are all going on the cutting room floor. Do you want me to go first while you hunt? Sure. Or are you okay? No, or you, have you, one? you go first. All right. So my number one is Race You to the Top of the Morning. Race You to the Top of the Morning. Sit on my shoulders and ride Run and hide, I'll come and find you Climb hills to remind you I love you, my boy, at my side I love this song. This song is the one I can picture my dad singing to me. Because he used to go, because he was growing up, he was the one who used to read me the bedtime stories. Yeah. My, 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 mom read it, my mom read them to me too. My dad was the one that read me ones like The Princess Bride, King Arthur, mm-hmm. like Harry Potter, he read for the first few books. Like it was just, like it's just such a fatherly, it's such a parental song. And it's something where like you hear it and it's like you can picture your your, your father figure. Yeah. See, and it's, and it's hard to find, like there's a lot of songs with mothers singing shows that are all about maternal love but there are very few love songs from a father's point of view to his children and that's one of the things i love about the song is that it's a male fatherly paternal figure talking to his child yeah no it's lovely and there's two fantastic renditions of the song you have mandy patinkin from the original broadway oh, yeah. production then you also have philip quest 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 quest, quest uh yes. of the british version um, who I, also plays Javert he's he my favorite Javert he's great and I would say he oh, oh I love I'm a big Terrence Mann fan yeah we'll we, 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 we get to Les Mis okay. um, okay. I, but I will say Philip's uh, version of Gracious Top Morning I think beats Mandy Patinkin's no. because while Mandy has beautiful falsetto like the song's a lullaby it's a, meant to be a bedside but Mandy Patinkin's belting out this five falsetto because he goes full tilt but Phil Quest you can because like, he's because he's a he's a play guy like I think I showed you yeah. the video of him analyzing Javier Suzanne breaking That's down right. the text yeah. he's, yeah, he's a right. text guy right. so for him he's telling the story and he has these proper pauses and it's not just a song it's him Doing this overarching monologue, yeah. soliloquy. Then a son came along who was brave, bold, and strong. And in thanks, every night now I sing. Race you to the top of the morning. Come sit on my shoulders and ride. Run and hide, I'll come and find you. Climb hills to remind you. I love 
boy at my side. Like yeah. it, like oh, so good, so good. Like let me pull up some of the lyrics here that just break my heart. Hold on, Gracie just popped the morning, sit on my shoulders and ride. Oh, so good. And he talks all about the dragon and having to slay the dragon. Um, Which is the illness. Yes. Right? Absolutely. The illness that, that is perceived that Colin is struggling with. Yes, exactly. Again, another musical where there's just so much struggle. I like the big struggle music. This is a struggle song. Like, this is like... Oh, Archibald is so complex. Would you God... Yeah, like this verse, which is, Would to God I could stay and instead slay your dragon, this beast who sits hunched on your back. Would God I could wrench him away from your bed or cut off or tear off his terrible head, could breathe out my fire on him till he was dead or beg him to spare you and take me instead. Like, just because like, cause you can see that, that talking about how, whose child is has cancer. Like, well, and her, her like, own son, like it's like yeah. Francis Burnett's own son. Yes, like, where like you could, tuberculosis. where you could see that as like once again tying back to this paternal figure going, yeah. "Can I take this pain from you?" And it's all told through the story of a dragon and a maiden. And it's oh, so good. there's so many levels to this song. It's one. It's it's the first one I come back to. It's the first one I was introduced to in the show, and it just oh, so good, just so good. Okay, race you to the top of the morning. Okay. All right. What is your number one? Mine's a combo. Okay. And one bleeds into the next. Okay. So it's a combo. Yes. It's the where in the world, how could I ever know? How can I say to go on without me? How when I know you still need me so? How can I say not to dream about? How could I ever know? How could I ever know? Not on my list, but um, I do like it. I have two others that kind of rank higher. It's just him, uh, it's Archibald searching, and it's her coming back and saying, I couldn't know that I was going to leave you, but this is how to move forward. Yes. And then coming together <laughs> to lead him into that finale. All I need is there in the garden. All I would ask is care for the child of our love. single best finale mm-hmm. of a musical. I don't know. I think Les Mis has a pretty good finale. Um, I don't know. This is just, it's pure 
hope. That is mm-hmm. what this it, it is. It's hope mm-hmm. in in bleak territory. There's hope, <laughs> like a little a little patch, literally a garden of hope. Yes, so good. Uh, okay, so those two. Okay, and that struggle, and them him actually getting to see her. Right, it's it does see her. Or, it's the thing that all widow like widows and yeah. widowers wish for is oh, that one last. Oh. So good moment that you have. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. Okay. My number two. I don't know if it's on your list, but Lil- Lily's eyes. That's a great song. Right. As the girl has Lily's hazel eyes, those eyes that saw him happy long ago. Those eyes that gave him life and hope he'd never known. How can he see this girl and miss those eyes? She has her eyes. The girl has Lily's hazel eyes. Those eyes that closed and left me all alone. Those eyes I fear will never, ever let me go. How can I see this girl who has her hazel I love this song as it's a male duet and it isn't comedic for once. So many male duets are comedic in nature, whether it's with guys and dolls or producers or into the woods, into the woods, funny cabin away to the forum. Like a lot of times when you pair male men together, you think, Oh, it's, it's gotta be funny. But this is one that it's, it's just two strong vocalists Mm -hmm. belting it out at the top of their voices. And it's like, I love the end where the men sing in counterpoint. And they just yeah. go full tilt. Like they just, yeah, if that's where Manny Patinkin shines. When God had let her stay, she has her eyes. She has her eyes. She has her eyes. The mind that's on the happy does not go How can I now forget that once I tried to be in love, alive, and whole? Like Mandy's uh, true vocal power. Like if you do not know, you only know him from Homeland, Princess Bride, right. and Criminal Minds. Go back and listen to him in Avita or Sunday in, in the Park. He's in the, in or the <laughs> I, I so or good. Secret Garden or Secret Garden. Like where you hear just his full power of his tenor. Go to Secret Garden. More people need to know this musical. I feel it's very underdone. Mm, absolutely, it is. It's just waiting for me. Yeah. I think that's what it is. That's it's exactly waiting it. for me. I need to do it. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. So that's my number two. What's okay, your number so, two for you? Um, uh, this is complicated. I, everything is, uh, I have so many. It all ties together. It, everything is great. But there's one little, and I don't usually do this, but there's one little section of come spirit, come charm. And it's okay. when everyone comes together and they're like spirits far above. Uh, charms aloft on high. Clear away the storms rumbling across the sky. Spirits above, trumps aloft on high. Sweep away the storms from the coast of sky. See the rising sun, make the breeze to blow. Make the robin sing, give the roses to 
there's nice lyric. This, there's this jubilance, and and you can hear them effectively, like parting the way, yeah, like changing the weather, mm-hmm. and. It's be, it's just perfectly written. So which one is this? It's a, a girl in spirit come charm. In yeah. Act Two. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, with Mary Dickon, Martha Lilly. Yeah. Yeah. Falkirk. Sure. Yeah. Company. Yeah. Yeah. Those people. Yeah. Occur. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah. 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 It's right before guys. it's right before the a bit of Earth reprise. Well, yeah, and it's in like what I love about this musical is her past. It's very, it's very much about haunting. Yes. And, well, it's the and, Moors of England. Well, it's not only that; it was a time when spiritualism. Well, Victorian like, era, like the Victorian era, was very seances and seances and uh, and the spiritualist yep. movement. Yeah, and this idea that people kept coming back to sort out mm-hmm. um, and help those. Well, that all ties back behind, to yeah, right? Queen Victoria and, and Albert, and the fact he died, and she had couldn't get over, so she was all about the, the, se- the spiritual, the seances, all yeah. that. Ooh. So it's it it's it's but it's so effective mm-hmm. the way that um, uh, Simon composed it. Yes, like it has this. And it's not just the haunting of the past mm-hmm. and the people that have left uh, their their earthly bodies, mm-hmm. but it's also the sound of the weathering. Yes, that's uh, present on the morning. Mm-hmm. It's very much present. Like it's, yeah. it's it's such a highly effective score. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. So good. So. That moment in Come Spirit, Come Charm is like, it has like a little Celtic upbeat to it. Yes, it does. And um, uh, it's great because that brings it back to this. Well, it's the moment. Yeah. 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 It's the ness that um, that's where the land and the, the, the inhabitants of that land began. Yes. Well, it started in yeah, paganism. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I mean, like in, the, in, in at this point in the show, it's it's, it's it's where the exercise and the fresh air bring Colin back to health. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a well, it's, it's an a, exorcism. It is. It's bringing out the 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 the, the three headed dragon that Archibald yeah. sings about, and it's or that perceives it's, Colin yeah. has. Yes, he, I don't think he does. No, it's probably just it's reflective of his, his own his own um, uh, thoughts about his own self image, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's amazing what we um, put on ourselves. Not what there's a word for it. Um, we yeah put out there. Yeah, I, it's gonna bug me now that word. <laughs> but how we project? There we go. Oh my god, why can't I come up with that word? How we project what we don't like about ourselves onto other people, it's true. and that's that's kind of what Archibald is doing, especially. With his son. In his grief. Yes. Right? It's how he's he's dealing with his grief is to hold tight. It really, it's very interesting. It's very much a Rapunzel story mm-hmm. between two men. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Written by women. Written by women. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There you go. Which is also interesting. You know, Frances Burnett wrote Archibald and Colin mm-hmm. instead of Lily and Colin. Right? It's almost like. 
she had. Well, she took the focus more to the adult. Yeah, but it's it and it, gave it more it layers. To be it honest, it couldn't work. It couldn't work as a piece between a Two son children. and a mother. Oh, that's a true. Son and Sorry, a yes, yeah. yes. Like it's like. Uh, well, the, not, well, then it becomes like the it. witch in the fairy tale, right? Where it's like you got to keep the kid locked up. <laughs> when it's a father and, and child, you get a little bit more paternal, and you feel well, it's different. It's a different relationship. Yeah. And that's it, it's the it's the epic flaw that most people make mm-hmm. when they are cross casting Shakespeare. <laughs> if you're gonna do that shit, you've got to do some serious dramaturgical edits because it don't make sense, people. King Lear is a man. He is a man that has a very complicated relationship to his with daughters. His daughters has a very different relationship than, than a mother. With daughters. It's true. It's different. My relationship with my father is very different than my relationship with my mother. <laughs> it works on a different level. Mm-hmm. So we all know this. Yeah. Stop trying to mess with it. That's <laughs> There's my, Autumn Shakespeare pitch of the day. That's my stop dicking around with things that you shouldn't be doing that too. <laughs> okay. All of you. Do you want? Do you want to know my third choice? <laughs> Helen Mirren included. Listen, yeah, it's a vanity project. Don't do it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm smiling passive aggressively. <laughs> okay, so my third choice <laughs> is hold on. Mm, I love a bit of Martha. It's a storm not you that's bound to blow away. Oh, I love this song. Like this is like the classic supporting female song. Like you'll never walk alone sung by, um, uh, what's her name? Oh, um, Uh, by Nelly. Nettie. Nettie. Yeah. Nettie. Yeah. Nettie. Keep going. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah. So this song, hold on. I mean, it's got the great message where like you listen to it and you go, hold on for that one more moment because the good, the good is right around the corner. Don't give up hope. And Martha, like the actress, I forget what you said her name was. Allison Fraser. Allison Fraser. Fraser. Fraser, Fraser. Who played it. It's just so good. She's so good. With that accent Uh, as Martha. If I had to find white holes. Mm -hmm. Yes. No, she's great. And you know what else I really um, adore about this? Yeah. Is that it puts... Um, the lower class people in the driving. It's like true. Well, seat. I mean, well, go back to Downton Abbey. You realize a lot of the downstairs people drive the plot of the upstairs yeah. with what they do. Mm-hmm. And like I, I, the power they have and the fact they have such close relations with their upstairs counterparts. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it just all ties together. Like just because you were separated by upstairs downstairs, didn't mean you didn't have a connection with each other. No, absolutely not. And, you know, I they don't dumb them down. No, Martha knows what's going on. What's great is they almost are the fools of the piece. Yes. And we all know the fools are 
the best part. The uh, smartest people. It's true. Well, Feste and Feste, King Lear. Stay King Lear. Or sorry, not King Lear, but the Fool and King Lear. The Fool and King Lear. Um, Just known as the the Fool. fool. Uh, Who Um, else is there? Yeah. There's I like, mean, the porter's got some pretty philosophical things to say in Macbeth. Uh, but yes, hold on. Fantastic song. Rank shut up there with You'll Never Walk Alone. Uh, what's your number three? I don't know. All right, let me go through the song it's, list here. It's kind of a, it's, ah, the storms are bright. Like, everything is. Uh, a Girl I, in the Valley? I, the quartet is something. Which I, one's that one? The quartet with Archibald, Lily, Neville, and Rose. Right. Where Rose is saying to Lily, no, don't marry him. And she's like. I'm, oh, I'm yes, I'm going to marry it anyway. It doesn't matter so, if he's got a hunchback. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have to go with the finale. And yeah. this, my dear girl. Come to my garden. No, it's the, it's the wording, and it's the way Mandy Patinkin delivers that last line. And this, my dear girl, is your garden. Mary Lennox, for as long as you will have us, we are yours. Colin and I, and this is your home. And this, my lovely child, is your garden. Mandy Patinkin does great emotional oh punch moments. It's what, so good. Whether it's his, my name is Nigo Montoya. I know. You kill my father. Prepare to die. I know. But this, it's or like this, this moment where he's got to give the garden. So good. so good. It's so good. Mandy Patinkin. Mandy Patinkin. But it's just, it's. The whole, it's mo- the, that whole moment in the show. And with Rebecca Luker singing and. You got Mandy yes. Patinkin. Oh, such a great. You've got it definitely around them. It definitely is a top five finales of a show. But it's that moment, and it's really about him. Yes, like, about well, him. overcoming grief. It's him finding yeah, life again. Finding the garden. The, the the garden allows him to move forward. Yeah, something it's that he a, wasn't it's able a to rejuvenation. do. Rejuvenation. Yes. It's a rejuvenation. Can't wait to see Colin I, Firth play this part. Yes, I'm oh sure he's going to be so good. <laughs> I wish he would do. I actually don't wish he would sing because he's not a singer. No, he's not. Well, the, yeah, the movie that's coming out with Julie Walters and Colin Firth is not the sing the musical version. Russell Crowe, but we'll talk about that in another. Time. Yeah, we'll save that for later. Well, okay, that'll be a Patreon where we talk about people who should not have been cast. That'd be such a great musicals. topic. Thank you, Audrey Hepburn and My Fair Lady. Uh, okay, we'll talk about yeah. that. Yeah, that should be on our list though. My Fair Lady? Yeah. I'll add that to the list right now. That is one I'm adding it to the list. We have okay. a list of our next three, next two seasons already we're, planned. We're moving on to season number four. Yeah. Um, we actually probably will with all these. And I also like that they're talking in, like, the Yorkshire dialect. Yes, they got that nailed. Yeah, it, it's great. Dialect coach of the show did a great job. And they talk about the rustic, druid-like... Uh, fashion of the way Dickens sings and it is it's very something very Celtic very returning to the roots of of 
uh, paganism and evangelicalism. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's, it's, this is just great. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now we're on to the top three songs that are either most likely skipped or di- or or would cut or would we be. Cut. I'm going to make this really easy. I have none. I have three. No, you I do. Do how? Well, let's go through them together. So number one is the letter song. D E A R Uncle Archie. How are you? I'm fine. Everybody else is too. Please come home. So after you have the... the, Are you kidding me? Yes, the letter song at the end. It's like... Oh, no, Uncle Archie. Yeah, the one after Hold On when she's written the letter to him when he's away. She's asking him to come home. But you don't need that scene. Basically, no, at that moment, you got Martha and Mary heading off to write the letter. And then cut to Archibald receiving the letter and reacting to it. We don't need to know. We don't. We know what the letter's going to say because they say at the end of Hold On what they're going to write and tell him. I know, I, 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 it's, it's not like it's not needed. It, it reminds me of the letter song from Sweeney Todd, where where you get that moment of Sweeney writing the letter to Judge Turpin to lure him back at the end of Act Two. But with that one, you need to know what's going on because you got to know what trap Sweeney Todd is saying because I haven't had another moment so. to do that. But I with this so. one, you know what that letter is going to be. It's like. Come know. home. The audience knows that what like, like what Mary's going to write to her uncle about um, Doctor Craven being evil, and you okay. got to come home. Well, we get and... to watch her struggle with how to word it. Like when you watch a kid write a letter, yeah, but... <sighs> maybe I'm like, you just don't like children, Mac. I love maybe children. that's it. I want children one day, so I'm <laughs> I, I I love children, but I will say that like it's not necessary. Like as a director, if you got, I, I just get me to the finale because finale is so good. This is the song that Lily holds up the finale because, like, where is it? Hold on here. It's right after Hold On and before Where in the World. Yes, exactly. Like, I I love Archibald's song, Where in the World. I just don't like the letter song. All right, fine. To be honest. All right, number two is the opening. The one where it's... The one where it's them in, like, India finding her and then bringing her over. I'm like, it sets up the time and place of her traveling, though. You don't need that, though. You can have you can have her showing her right up on the train station, being picked up by Mrs. What's her face, Mrs. Medlock. Mrs. Matlock, and like, because she says right in like her song when they're when they're driving back, where it's like, "We found you still somehow alive after all from the cholera," and like we feel. No, no, I, I like it because it it it, like, it counters back throughout. Mm. You get the you get. Um, the quality of sound mm-hmm. that is present in music yeah. from India. Although I like, like for me, I go like, just get me started with Mary being picked up at the station. Cause you're not going to miss that much besides her being found in India by people that you don't see again. Like, like Mrs. Matlock. I gives the exposition again when she meets her of like, so this is what's going on in case she didn't get the opening scene. But they tie in spiritualism from both parties That's later true. on. I don't know. This is one I always yeah. skip. I'd rather just get to Mrs. Matlock driving in the buggy back on the moors. She's got that great song of the moors. The house upon the hill. Yes, now. which is so creepy. It's like perfect Victorian gothic. Well, right? Someone died and someone's left. 
So, and then the last one is The Round-Shouldered Man. Oh, I love... Saying, most people don't like the song. I love the song of Colin with this beautiful haunting song about his relationship with his father who he doesn't really know. Mm-hmm. And then I dream that the round-shouldered man takes me off on a ride through the moors by moonlight. He never says where we'll go. We just ride across the hills till dawn. And so But then the end is ruined when Mary figures out that they're cousins. Because she goes, guess what, Colin? I just realized we're cousins. Colin, I just realized we're cousins. Okay, other than that. But the button ruins the whole song because I go, you create this great atmosphere, Victorian, spooky. Who is this man that comes into my room at night to hover over me? Who, who, who. Yeah. yeah, but it's like this great spooky atmospheric song all about fathers and sons and yes. feeling neglected. But then at the end, it's like, don't know why we had to establish in that moment. You knew we were cousins. We couldn't figure it. We couldn't have added another dialogue scene like after this one, where it's like that button just butchers. Like it's it, it's like it's like it's like um. Oh, it's a good example. It, it it'd be it'd be like bring him home, and then all of a sudden you have like the marching band from like. The music man come marching through the scene, where it's like a totally different tone. I think we're yes, because it's <laughs> right. Because it's just so dark well, and so, eerie, and then it's like, it's like so that just needs to be edited. Yeah, but other than that, it's a great. Song. Other than that, it's a great song. I just think that one, like that button, has always bugged me. Okay, ever since so, I listened to it. Here's the big question: okay. Should this musical be done? I would say yes. I would say it's a great family musical, which we don't have a lot of these days. Um, it's a great family story. It's a great story about grief, getting over grief, togetherness, the power of nature, which in this day and age where we are destroying Mother Nature, bastards who burn the Amazon and everything else oh, they do I in can't. the world. I can't. Yeah. It just makes me mad. Uh, but like the song is all about nature and, the, and, and just the whole concept of how nature can revitalize you and just kind yeah. of coming over your grief and realizing even though you've lost people, they never truly leave you. Rebecca Luker singing My Secret Garden will always be in Mady Patinkin's heart in that show. Um, yeah, it's just a beautiful musical that I didn't know much about. It's now become one of those shows that I actually enjoy. I'm not sure if it would ever make my top 10 musicals of all time, but I think it would definitely make the top 50. So there you go. Top 50. Oh yes, absolutely. It'll be definitely be in the top 50 hilarious. of shows. It. But I would say yes, absolutely. Revival is warranted because none of people saw this back in the 90s. None of people know it. And it's got some great messages for today. I'm a 100%. You're I, all I, in? For, for I'm I'm more than 100%. I'm like, I'm yes. Yes. I'm all yes. Revive it all the way. Yeah. It's just, it's you know what it is? It's good story. Yeah. In, in a time when we are struggling to find story. Which is weird. Uh, so weird. Do we really um, need another movie adaptation of Beetlejuice the musical? Um, well, I, I have a, a, a former um, st- 
student from stage tour in that as well. And, oh. You know, I'm so happy for her that, that, that she's on Broadway and doing great things. I just, just, can we just do a story? <laughs> can we just go back to something Go back simple? to the classic books that you can well, find and, and it's simple cool, and, cool stuff from. And there, it's problematic. I mean, you know, if we were to do this again, we would have to bring in some uh, people from India and collaborate on the opening. If we want to keep the opening the way Don't it keep is. the opening and just stick with England, people. You don't need the Indian well, opening. It's a huge part of her backstory. Yeah, but you can just tell it. You don't, you don't have to show it. Yeah, I guess not. Just a little exposition from Mrs. Matlock and the Buggy. So you came from India. Yeah. Mary Lennox. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's like so oh, okay. There we go. So we know she came from Eng- from India. Her family died of cholera. We're done. We're out. But I think there was something to what she learned from Fakir there that is parallel to what she learns from Dickon. True. So I think that's. I think it's important to keep it. I just think it needs to be redone. Uh, not so much redone, but just looked at. I okay. Think it needs uh, some dramaturgical work. But other than that, I would not change this musical. I think it's it's absolutely perfection. Perfection. Absolutely. Okay. That's that's my thought on that one. There we go. (laughs) Okay. So now we just want to say thanks for listening. Yes. To all our people around the world, whether you're in the Philippines, Kentucky, Wales, England, Canmore, Alberta. Yeah. Yes. All those great places in the world. Thank you. Montreal. Australia. We have yet to reach Australia. Australia. Maybe hopefully by the time this episode comes out, Australia will be on the map. Yeah. We would love to do that. Germany. We'd love to get some Germany in there. Tell your friends. Yes. Spread the word. Be like a garden. Grow like like a weed in the garden. Just spread. You could also like sit and listen to the musical, listen to the podcast. Oh, they have to. They have to listen to the musical. That's something we say in all our promos. Share your thoughts. Yes. Give us your thoughts. Share your thoughts. And we'll read them. Absolutely. If you get, hey, let's do this. If you leave us a five-star review and we get to season two, we will happily (laughs) read we will happily do a day of reading reviews of the show. Yeah. But it has to be five star. Oh, not four and three quarters. The, so the, you know. Those numbers don't work. Only five work for our reviews. According um, to iTunes. We're bribing you to give us five stars. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. If you give us five stars, we will we will read your... <laughs> who knows? Maybe Who knows? Maybe we'll take all the five star reviews, put them in a raffle, and you can win <laughs> an iTunes gift card or something. Wow. Who knows? We'll, maybe, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll talk. Maybe I'll subscribe. Well, I have subscribed. I would hope you have. Five stars. I have to want to do that to everybody. Just get Sarah to do it. Yeah, Sarah. Hook the children. Oh, she's already done it, everyone. All right. So there you go. She's already in the raffle. Um, Okay. Thank you to Brody for creating the fantastic theme music of the show. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Make sure to follow him on Spotify at Father Floses. Yes. He's a fantastic hip hop man of music. Man of music. He is. He is our music man. Very eclectic. Yep. Awesome. Goes from musicals to doing hip hop. Who would know? Um, we can't wait to have you back for our next show. It's gonna be a good one. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so you'll find out. Make sure to stay tuned for the clues that we'll be giving next week. It's gonna be monster. It is a very operatic musical. It's, it's an epic. It's it, an epic. It's an epic. Of, of, of monstrous proportions. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, be sure to follow. Oh, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Before the Downbeat. And Autumn, where can listeners find you? 
Um, well, uh, you can find me at my company name, which is littlewoodsmith.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm at Littlewood Smith on Facebook and Instagram. Very or you good. can just find me at the old Autumn DM Smith uh, on Facebook and uh, the Instagram. Now. Mm-hmm. Good times. Fantastic. And for me, you can find me at Mackenzie Horner on all social media forums. So. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop, indeed. Follow us there. Thank you again, everybody. We will see you next week where we announce our next epic musical we'll be doing and then it's on to the next show bye